good for absolutely nothing. Say it again. War. <clears throat> ah, good guy. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. RBIs is most important. Slugging percentage and OPS. Wins and losses and ERA. But don't come around with that wins over replacement because I say war. Ooh, God, good God, God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Allow me to be frank. Episode four. My name's Brennan Tuma. I go by Too Much Tuma on Twitter. Frank, I feel like every week I start out by saying we got a lot to get to, but tonight I think is actually the most we've ever had, so I want to get right into it. Um, the only thing I want to say is that to the loyal Frank listeners, I couldn't think of like a clever name. If you guys have any ideas, tweet them to us. But if you haven't yet and want to support the tank, uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, leave a rating and review while you're at it, and also to follow the Twitter account at Frank the Tank Pod. The number one reason for following the Twitter account would be because our producer Sawyer Hume, um, every week he'll take a funny clip or two of something Frank says, and he uses Photoshop and he turns it into a video, um, and it, they end up being really funny. And he's crushing it with that, so they tend to get some good traction. So check us out on Twitter there at Frank the Tank Pod. Frank, I'll turn it over to you. Hit us with your opening thoughts. It's Monday night. We're recording. Where are we at in the sports world? The NFL has got more ridiculous rules than anything in the face of the earth. I mean, you got fumbles that aren't called fumbles, touchdowns that are called fumbles, that aren't really fumbles, even though they don't let you leave, even though they know the ball never hits the ground. It's like it's like a slide rule that you have to take and try to figure it out. It's like it's like theoretics of a touchdown and a catch. I mean, good God. You know, if your eyeballs tell you it's a catch, it's a catch. If your eyeballs tell you it's a fumble, it's a fumble. If your eyeballs tell you it's a touchdown, it's a touchdown. We don't need... Well, the ball was almost out of his body, but he, when he hit the pylon, it wasn't quite in his body, so it's a touchback even though his body... What the hell are you talking about? Uh, Frank, let me ask. What are, what are your thoughts on replay in sports in general? If it takes more than... Uh, 90 seconds to reverse a call. It shouldn't be reversed. That it has to be obvious, 100% sure for it to be reversed. Because I agree. I think what replay is doing to sports is, like you said, it's where now he doesn't have the ball for like a fraction of a second when he's on the pylon. And you're seeing it. It's not just football, too. Like you're seeing it across the sports. Obviously, replay is good because you want to get the calls right. But Again, with the catch, like in the NFL, we don't even know what a catch is anymore. That, and, that call against the Jets yesterday was just the most ridiculous thing ever. If the ball doesn't leave his body, if the ball doesn't leave, it never left his body. It was dangling over his stomach, and he just like re put it back in his stomach. That's that's still in that's still in his possession, if you ask me. Um, so we'll start there. We'll start out with Pat's Jets. Pat's Jets, I guess. Uh, two, three, and two teams going into the week. The Jets started out with a 14 nothing lead, but I don't think too many people really thought that they would end up pulling that out. Um, if, Pat's if stay that on top. Would counted, if that score would have counted, the Patriots still would have won the damn game. But yeah. uh, Jets have played a lot better than I thought anyone possibly could have. I thought this team was going to go 1-15 this year. They yeah. actually played well yesterday. Patriots, their defense stinks. <laughs> that defense stinks. It's the worst. I think going into last week, it was 32nd in DVOA. 
I don't know if it would if it's 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 the exact worst, but I know uh, they've allowed a three hundred yard game almost every week. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what DVOA is. I think it's one of the. <laughs> it's one, one of, like of those the... stats that, that that doesn't belong. <laughs> <laughs> DVOA. What is it good for? <laughs> I, I, it's like like the Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem. The, Pythag- the Giants' record is one and five, but the Pythagorean theorem says they should be three and two. Um, so yeah, the Pats defense isn't good, but like no one else is really great in the NFL. So it kind of seems like one of those years where you got a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame coach. Like they'll be in it at the end, but they're definitely not like the runaway. Yeah, best. they'll be in it, but they're very vulnerable. A lot of people, a lot of people oh, uh, sure. thought they'd be uh, unstoppable, but they're very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If you were to rank like the, the Brady's been what like sixteen years now. If you were to rank all the Brady teams, this is probably like the twelfth or thirteenth best he's ever had. So. Um, the defense is terrible. Uh, we'll move on to the story of the week, which was the Packers losing Aaron Rodgers. They go on to lose to the Vikings 23-10, and I'm assuming you're going to say that's it for the Packers this year? Well, all I know is that all he heard last night in Green Bay was, Aah! and people were like running around, <laughs> it's, I mean, it did it's over, done. The Packers better pack it in because they've had in, they've had injuries every year. Every year they've survived injuries. The one injury they couldn't afford was Aaron Rodgers. Brent Hundley is mediocre at best, and <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has pulled so many games out of the fire that there's no chance. This is a team that's going to go at it's going to go six and ten now. Without Aaron Rodgers. Mark my words. I think uh, the Packers, more so than any other team, are just, like, reliant so heavily on Rodgers to, like you said, pull wins out of out of his ass. Because outside of him, like, I don't think they're very good. They don't have a great running game. Their, their offensive line is mediocre. Defense average. They have a, they have an average, average uh, receiving game. Uh, and then you got it, like you said, an average defense. So yeah, they're done. Oh, sorry, you missed it last week. Frank said Jordy isn't a superstar, a superstar receiver. You cannot say he's a superstar. You, you put him on any other team, he's he's probably mm. equally as effective. I mean, he has Rodgers, so of course he's going to look like a stud. But he's still top ten receiver. Uh, in the league. No, I, I I don't know if he's top ten necessarily. He's white, but he's still a superstar. <laughs> um. Rodgers makes him look better, though. That's a fair point. (laughs) One staff from that game, Rodgers broke his left collarbone in 2013. The Packers went 2-4-1 and and without him. Um, But this is his right collarbone, so he'll probably be out longer. Uh, Yeah, he he had surgery today, so he's probably out for the season. Yep. Um, So next game, uh, Jay Cutler led the Dolphins to a huge upset of a win in Atlanta. Um, Frank, this is your team. This is your guy. I think if one of the Twitter questions we got was, are the Dolphins a playoff team? I think they're a six seed right now. Frank, where are we at? Uh, I'm stunned. I'm shocked. Uh, they're down 17, nothing at the half. They looked absolutely dead listless. Jay Cutler looked like, uh, he didn't belong anywhere near a football field. And all of a sudden the Falcons go into that second half shell. They uh, decided to they decided decide to employ the uh, Super Bowl game plan, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, Dolphins chip 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 away at the game, 
win the game 2017. Nice interception at the end of the game. And uh, Dolphins are 3-2, and two, shockingly. Uh, I don't know how they're doing it, but, uh, but they're doing it. I mean, Jay Cutler is still awful, atrocious, pathetic, putrid, horrendous, pathetic, uh, hideous, terrible, and uh, the absolute worst. One and zero since buying the co-coach. Yep. Uh, well, and they won their last game with the co-coach. Uh, I guess. I guess the. Uh, the I guess it's uh, where you take the uh, Dolphins and the Falcons. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins coach is. Uh, Snort, bl- snort, blow, and the uh, Falcons just blow leads. Um, every, I'm going to continue to try to plug your your game previews, and we tre- we've been tweeting them out from the podcast Twitter account, and I'll tweet the picture of the Dolphins game usually. But you had a great line, and the one this week you said about the coke who was do the coach who was doing coke. You said, "No wonder he has to do coke because when you play with Cutler, you need to dull out the pain." I thought that was good. I wanted to give you props. <laughs> Next, moving on, the Texans blew out the Browns 33-17. Deshaun Watson continuing his impressive rookie season. Um, what did you take away from that game? The Cleveland Browns are, without a doubt, the worst organization in professional sports. It might be just the worst organization in professional sports history. In 1995, the Browns moved to Baltimore. The real Browns are the Baltimore Ravens. But they made a deal with the city of Cleveland to keep the history in Cleveland, and they gave them an expansion team. That expansion team that showed up is not the Cleveland Browns. That is a Chinese knockoff. It's like you go down to Times Square and you buy the Donna Cameron bags, the Louis Vuitton bags, or the the, uh, the Rolex watches. They might say Rolex on the watch, but inside it's 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 like it's got it's it's a two dollar fifty watch that you. Uh, that's barely uh, functioning, and it's they just slapped the Browns logo on it, and it just oh, it's a cheap, t- it's a counterfeit, it's a counterfeit knockoff of a football team because that's how pathetic the Browns are. Twenty-eight starting quarterbacks since nineteen ninety-nine. Are you kidding me? It's going to be twenty-nine soon. Uh, they they can't draft right every year. They draft in the top five. They fire a coach every other year. It's like, how do you run an organization this poorly? It really is. It really is pathetic. They really are a Chinese knockoff of an NFL team. They're not the Browns. They're they're a counterfeit Browns. Yeah, I think like their organization philosophy, I guess with quarterback, has been like they're gonna wait, 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 wait for the stud, wait for the stud, but they keep passing up these guys, whether it's Carson Wentz or now uh Deshaun Watson. Eventually they'll just <laughs> Yeah, they traded they traded Wentz's pick, they traded Watson's pick, but then they draft people like Brandon Whedon, uh Johnny Manziel, Deshaun Kaiser. I'm a Notre Dame fan. He sucked. He sucked. Notre Dame was 4-8 last year. What were they watching? What did they watching? What did they think they were going to get out of him? Wasn't uh, Kaiser the one who said he had Cam Newton's body with Tom Brady's brain? Something like that? Yeah. And- you know what you know Sean Kaiser was at Notre Dame? The same as he is in the NFL. A human pest dispenser. But instead of handing out candies, he's handing out the football to defend the opposing defenders. It's incredible. You think they would just run into dumb luck at some point? Do you think of some of their top five picks? Players that you hear of, that you know of, like Parkevius Mingo, and you know, you know how well, you know, Bill Belichick does to motivate the Patriots. Besides being uh, Cobra Kai, I mean, I've always pictured the the New England Patriots locker room being like Cobra Kai at some point. 
Bill Belichick says, if you defy me, if you break the Patriot way, I will punish you with the cruelest punishment of all. And then he pulls down the poster. You'll be traded to the Cleveland Browns. So he did to Jamie Collins. So I think I think that's a big motivating factor. I think that's how Bill Belichick gets the best out of the Patriots. He mm-hmm. he has the threat that if you if you if you do something wrong, if you do something against the Patriot way, you'll be a Cleveland Brown tomorrow. That's the franchise slogan: Cleveland Browns, where players go to die. Next, we had what was probably the most entertaining red zone game of the day: the Saints beat the Lions fifty-two to thirty-eight. Um, this was. Actually, I don't know, because the Saints just built a huge lead and the Lions kind of like clawed back in it to make it interesting, but good red zone game nonetheless, Frank. Uh, it was a lot of scoring, which was weird, was that it was a lot of defensive scorings too. There was like a, a, a strip sack in the end zone, a fall, mm-hmm. an interception pop up in the end zone. It was quite a weird game. I mean, the, uh, the uh, Saints got the big lead. I guess they relaxed. The Lions got back in the game. And then there was a couple of, like, uh, there was a pick six that got the Lions back in the game, too. So it was not just, like, the offensive scoring. It was the defensive scoring. So it was, like, a really, like, crazy, crazy, crazy game. Are the Lions the team you've picked wrong every week? Yes. One of the teams <laughs> I pick wrong every week. The team I, I see they can't get right this year are the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Ravens. Speaking of the Ravens, they lost in overtime to the Bears, 27-24. Uh, again, there was a couple. They had a couple special teams. Oh, touchdowns. wind was blowing. Quarterback was sucking. Up and down the field they go. Quote Frank Fleming: Joe Flacco is elite no more. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. That game didn't have a lot. And then Redskins 49ers. Redskins. CJ Beathard, nice debut. Nice debut oh, by CJ Beathard. He got lit up like, on one of the first one of his first plays, but then he actually like he started. Has a pulse compared to Brian Hoyer. By yep. the way, Brian Hoyer, what team drafted Brian Hoyer? Uh, the Patriots. Was it? Oh, he's a Patriot one time. Yeah. Oh, well, there he, you go. Dude. I guess he didn't follow the Patriot way because I know he's on the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, one of Brady's backups, right, Sawyer? Uh, yeah, for a couple of years. He's, he's not. There's like four. There's like three or four. I remember him on the Browns at one time. Currently starting. There, he was one of the one of the many the, the many quarterbacks that have played for the Cleveland Browns. One of them was Tim Couch, who was the main starting quarterback up until about 2001, which mm-hmm. is about the time that Brady took over. So it's basically they've had 27 starting quarterbacks in the time that Tom Brady started, like uh, almost every game for the uh, Patriots. Incredible. Who's the who's the best they ever had? It was Derek Anderson that one year. Uh, he won their playoff. He went. He took him to the playoffs. He took over Tim Couch and took him to the playoffs. Savage move, Frank. We had moved on from the Browns game, and all our Cleveland fans listening, you just you said to give him one more nut punch. Because that's what they, these are such a, like hanging over everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least they have the Indians this year. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> 22-game winning streak, 33-4 uh, and four down the stretch, and you lose three straight to the Yankees. I mean, eh, eh, eh. it happened every year since 1948. Say Cleveland chokes, Cleveland chokes, Cleveland chokes, Cleveland chokes. I mean, right now I'm watching Yankees-Astros. Yankees have both in this game wide open. Aaron Judge 
actually didn't strike out for once. He hit one over the left field wall. I mean, that's the only thing the Indians have, that they struck out Aaron Judge 15 times. <laughs> How do you lose that series? After you win two straight at home, the way you win game two, and you just you just fart it away. Corey Kluber, Cy Young winner, one, one ERA after the All-Star break, gets hammered twice in the, in the playoffs. Oh, I don't want to hear about the Cleveland Indians anymore. They choked. I got a few more football games here. So the Cardinals, 38, Bucks 33. This was the rejuvenation of Adrian Peterson. He's now tied for ninth all-time with 99 rushing touchdowns. Uh, Frank, your thoughts? Oh, it was a good pickup. Uh, I, I, what I think is funny is Chris Johnson. Chris yeah. Johnson of the Arizona, of formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, I should say now, tweeted out a few weeks ago, the Saints are doing Adrian Peterson wrong. He should get the ball more. Well, he got traded to the Cardinals, and Chris Johnson got released. <laughs> AP got the ball more. He got the ball more. The reason I bring up that stat about the rushing touchdowns is because in football, I don't think it gets like running back. It doesn't get us talked about much about like best of all time and all that. Um, but like AP, well, it used to. It used to. I mean, if you think about Jim Brown, you want to talk talk about someone on the Cleveland what? Browns that actually was pretty good was Jim Brown. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is AP like he? I haven't. I don't. I feel like all the time, like you read Albert Pujols, this is where he falls in with the greatest first baseman or something like that. But like AP, you don't hear where he falls in with some of these other running backs. I wanted your thoughts on it. He's good, but he's not that good. Is he like top five, top ten? No, 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 not top ten. Maybe out just outside of top ten. I mean, I mean, I think of, and I think of top the top running backs. I could run them off pretty quickly. Uh, Jim Brown, Walter Payton, uh. Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Ladanian Tomlinson, Marcus Allen, players like that I've always thought of before a long before I think about Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I think I think he could be in that next tier. Yeah, he he's had a very similar career to like Ladanian Tomlinson. Kind of shitty team, never really won anything. Awesome stats though. The league kind of changed on him just as he was hitting kind of his post prime, and he also never figured out. Never figured out, like, the receiving part of the game too well. I mean, I think of other people up there like Tony Dorsett, Larry Zonka, Franco Harris. Larry Zonka? Larry Zonka. You've never heard of Larry Zonka? (laughs) No. Larry Zonka is the running back for the Miami Dolphins when they won the two Super Bowls. He was on the perfect team. Oh, the undefeated team? Okay. Yes, he, he, uh, he was one of the three running backs on the Dolphins. Over a three-year period, that had a thousand yards. They had like they were like a three a three-headed backfield. Uh, Larry Zonka was the MVP of Super Bowl eight. He at the time rushed for a record 140 something yards in the Super Bowl. Had two touchdowns, and there's like one play where he's like carrying six Vikings on his back, going like 20 yards. All right, Frank. I'm gonna take you at your word for it. Yeah, put some respect on that name, I guess. Speaking of great running backs, Leonard Fournette started. Uh, the Jaguars game with the 75-yard touchdown run. They went on to lose to the Rams 27-17. Like you said, like you just can't figure out the Jags. It seems like every other week they'll beat a good team, lose to a bad team. The Rams might be a good team, but they couldn't pull it out at home this week. You know what the problem is? They got a terrible quarterback. Terrible. They have everything. They have, they have a, a couple of good receivers. They have a Fournette looks like he's going to be a stud running back. They got a great defense. But Blake Bortles is bad. Blake Bortles is bad. They they need a quarterback desperately. 
they almost always need to be playing in neutral great neutral game script or positive game strip or they're toast. If they're down 14 nothing, it's over. Yeah. And the Rams, they got a little bit of an excitement. They got a good it looks like they got a good coach. Todd Gurley is having a good year. Uh it looks like Jared Goff is showing why he was the number one pick over overall. But yeah, if the Jaguars had if the Jaguars had like a a decent quarterback, they'd be a lot dangerous, a lot more dangerous. It was just a rumor. I don't think it was anything serious, but they were talking about if Eli got traded to the Jags, does that make them a contender? Yes. You like that? Yes. Yeah, it depends um, on how much you have to give up. But I think, I mean, you just need a game manager. Blake Bortles isn't even a game manager. Yeah, Alex they could take, Smith would. Alex I was just going to say Alex yes, Smith. that'd be a great one. Yeah. So I'll staying in like the four o'clock hour of the games. Uh, the Chargers beat the Raiders 17-16. Uh, Derek Carr was back for this, but it didn't seem to matter. The Raiders lost their fourth in a row. Um, entering the year, they were probably like the trendy, like number two seed in the AFC pick, but doesn't seem to be looking that way for them, Frank. It looks like there's some trouble in Oakland. There was that rumor that the offensive line didn't want to block for Derek Carr because he didn't kneel. Really? Yeah, I, there was a rumor that came out about that. That can't be true. Oh, yeah. You're a professional. I, I hope to God it's not. I'm out here in uh in California, and a lot of the sports talk radio blaming the coaching right now. They say they have the offensive talent, they have the skills on on both sides of the ball, but the coaching sucks. What the hell is going on with Amari Cooper? He's been la- lackluster all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders have perhaps the most important game of week seven. Uh, they pl- uh, they play Thursday night. They play the Chiefs. Thursday night against the Chiefs. They have to yep. they have to win that game. They can't they cannot lose that game. If they lose You're that right. game, they're toast. That's a good game to look forward to, Frank. That's a good call. Speaking of the Chiefs, they lost to the Steelers at home. The they were the last undefeated team coming into this one at five and zero. First and loss. You know what that meant? That meant Mercury Morris got to sing his rap song one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it takes to win every game? Oh, oh, undefeated. <laughs> you have to hear that song. It's 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 on the internet. It's Mercury Morris called Do You Know? And it's like, uh, you dumb fools, we're the only team that ever goes undefeated. <laughs> uh, Mercury Morris makes me laugh about the... Uh, <laughs> The 72 Dolphins. It's just... Because as a Dolphin fan, I celebrate with them when the last team loses. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and it's like every week, okay, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. And around the Columbus Day, once we get that, that one, that one two teams left, that's when I start going, okay, let's get this team's got to lose now. Yeah. And I'm so happy the Chiefs went down. Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the, the Chiefs could go 16-0. and out. And they could play uh, – Get the, the Steelers could go 7-9, slip into playoffs as a 7-9 team, winner division, get into the, get into the uh, next round against the Chiefs at 16-0. If the Steelers at 7-9 in the playoffs, even if they could go 6-10 win the NFC North, it could be a terrible year for the NFC North. No matter how bad the Steelers are and how good the Chiefs are, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs because they got their number. It's one of those things they've been kicking their ass for so many years. Oh, they can, every year, every year, every year you can count on the Steelers and Chiefs that the Steelers will win that game. I would say that game uh, summarized like why the NFL 
is still king just as a sport franchise because last year the Steelers, their home, they lose to the Jaguars. Now they come in to Kansas City, who are, is undefeated, and they beat them. And it just like it just really goes to show how any week, any team can beat any team. The NFL is wide open this year. We're gonna get to our NBA preview in a bit, but like this sports on like the polar opposite end of the spectrum with that. Yep. That's why <laughs> we'll I we'll that's there. why I can't do my NBA preview. I'm trying to write my NBA preview and I'm like, oh, what's the point? Yeah, what's we'll get the there. point? What's uh, the point? <laughs> last last game of Sunday, uh the Giants shocking the world. They beat the Broncos twenty three to ten and knocked you out of your suicide pool. If 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 the Broncos are actually a horse, they'd be taken to the glue factory after that game. I mean, that game was so pathetic, so putrid. I, I, I don't understand. Do they, what, do the Broncos think they could just waltz onto the field and win the game? They must they were have. home. The, the, the Giants were winless. The Giants were uh, broken apart, shattered, playing terrible, fighting amongst each other. I mean, I, I never thought horses could lay eggs, but apparently they can. <laughs> Their kicker missed some of the most egregious kicks I've ever seen. Yeah, if I'm the Broncos, I'm I'm I'm, I'm bringing in Nick Folk or uh, Young Hoku. Um, so oh, how'd your boy Eric Flowers look? By the way, look pretty good. Yeah, they they yeah, moved him around a little bit. They they took about I think they took about a left tackle position mercifully. Got got to move that vase around the line a bit. Yeah, he actually looked like yeah, he actually blocked people yesterday, which is the biggest shocker of them all. Eli Manning wasn't Eli Manning wasn't dying. He wasn't getting killed. So transitioning from America's current pastime to its former, let's hit the baseball playoff series. Uh, you said you were watching Yankees Astros. So let's start there. Houston's up two nothing, but it sounds like the Yankees are in control right now. Yeah, they have an eight nothing lead right now in the top of the fifth inning. Aaron Judge, oh, uh, Aaron Judge opened uh, opened up the game with a three run homer. Uh, Put that uh, well, made it eight nothing with a three nothing home. He put the uh, put the game uh, in the blowout mode. Uh, Todd Frazier hit a home run early in the game. By the way, in case you didn't know, uh, Todd Frazier's from New Jersey. Played on the Little League World Series for Tom's River, and he met Derek Jeter after the Little League World Series. Did you know that? I think that they should have a drinking game every time Joe Buck brings that up. That you take the uh, shot. The only problem is you'll probably die of alcohol poisoning. But this game's been the Aaron Judge game. Aaron Judge the other day uh, missed a ball that went over his head, and that little kid caught it. The Jeffrey Mayer uh, home run there by the, uh, the Astros, and uh, this time he did. He made a catch running into the wall, and just like moments ago, made a diving catch. That, that's good. I think that's really good for baseball that the Yankees will make it a series, and that Judge is having a good game. You know, in the spotlight, uh, his his stats entering tonight since the wild card game was two for twenty seven. With 19 strikeouts, just uh, really, you know really weird. He's, he's a true slugger. He's one of those players that will go into a an occasional slump every now and then. Yeah, he is. When he gets hot, he can just absolutely carry you. Um, but when he gets cold, he just he goes so cold. So, I mean, I'm rooting yeah. for him to get hot, just you know, to see a good series, and because he's he's a star, and it'll be good for baseball if he plays well in the playoffs. The only problem is Yankees got to worry about Dallas Keuchel, who yep. really eats their lunch. Yep, and and Verlander now. Yeah, Verlander is good. Verlander's on a hot streak right now. He's been rejuvenated going uh, to Houston. But Keiko's like a 7-0 lifetime against the Yankees with an ERA of 121. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you about both like Keiko and the Verlander start too. So Verlander, he ended up throwing 124 pitches in game two, nine innings, one run, five hits, 13 Ks, one walk. Because uh, we last week we were talking about how in the division series, all these managers, you know, were panicking, going to their bullpen. And there was something about watching game two of the ALCS and just watching Verlander go all nine innings. That was nice oh, to watch. Nice I enjoyed it. Isn't it nice for a change? Oh, it, it was great. It Unlike was, John Farrell's managing, changing the man, changing the, yeah, <laughs> the pitcher every five seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, as a baseball fan, I enjoyed watching that. I figured you would echo the same way. Oh, yes. Um, so the other series, again, uh, a 2 nothing lead, the Dodgers over the Cubs. I'm a little surprised they're up 2 nothing. I thought the Cubs would have taken one in L.A. Joe Madden outsmarts himself sometimes, and he outsmarted himself yesterday with John Lackey in the ninth inning. What the hell was that? I don't understand. He had Wade Davis. Yeah, yeah. And Justin Turner. Justin Turner with the Mets was like I was going to ask about that. A nothing player. The only thing you the only thing that was noted about Justin Turner is he had the weirdest hat on uh, walk up music. What was it? He had he alternated. Justin Bieber's Baby, Baby, Baby. And that song, Call Me Maybe. <laughs> That's the only thing you'd remember about Justin Turner as a Met. That he was like a 260 utility infielder who would play maybe a couple times a week with like mediocre power, not, not even notable power. He had like a singles hitter. And all you'd think about is just your typical... Utility infielder that had red hair and played baby, oh baby, oh baby, and call me maybe when he came up to the plate. Daniel Murphy was another one who was kind of like a light hitting guy for you who went to a. No, he another... wasn't. Well, he I had the one. Daniel part. Murphy was his poor man's Wade Boggs. Yeah, he was better. He was better than Turner, obviously, but he wasn't as good as he became with Washington. No, he wasn't a power hitter. He was always someone that could. Uh, Hit like 280, 290 sometimes, and he always went the other way. He was a solid hitter, but the mm-hmm. problem with, with Daniel Murphy, he was a butcher in the out in the in the, in the defensive league. He was ter- he was a terrible glove. Yeah, we saw that and in the world. And series. it's why the it's, the Mets didn't get rid of him because his bat, or they didn't really get rid of him. They just didn't resign him. They offered mm-hmm. him. They offered him the. Uh, Contract, year contract, qualifying offer, but they didn't want to sign him to a long-term contract because he just was a terrible infielder. I mean, he he carried them to the, to the World Series in 2015, but in the World Series, he had like three or four plays that, that he just booted, including game four where he could have, the Mets could have won game 40 even the series if he would have fielded the ball cleanly. And then, so the only other takeaway from this Dodgers-Cubs series, for me, probably, like, the best part about watching it has been how fun Yasiel Puig has been to watch. And we're starting to get the takes. Uh, Keith Olbermann saying, like, he's oh, sick of Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann. Go away, Keith Olbermann. He, he's like the, uh, the, the get-off-my-lawn type of guy when it comes to things like this. When it comes to baseball, like, who can't? Like, Puig, so, like, if anyone... You know, he doesn't know the background of this. Like, in game two, Puig hit a double. Maybe thought it was a homer, but he bat-flipped. He ended up getting to second, and which is fun. Like, who who like who like cares? Like, it was fun. It was exciting. Puig was showing emotion. He, like, uh, 
he thrusts his crotch like when he got to second base, he sticks his tongue out. He he makes watching baseball fun. And Keith Oberman was tweeting about how he's just now, like now, now he yeah, he's a volatile player. He could screw up sometimes. And that type of player is 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 how you you're gonna go have your ups and downs with him, but come on, Keith. Get a friggin' life, please. I, I you know I've heard stories about him that he's like the absolute most miserable boss in the world. Where if you like look at look at him the wrong way, he wants you fired. If you're like a production assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, and on allow me to be frank, we're all about keeping baseball fun. Puig has been doing that this year, so this postseason, so we, we hope he keeps that up. All right, do you want to take a break from sports and do Twitter questions, or do you want to knock out our NBA talk? Uh, well, here's my NBA talk. Okay. Warriors are going to win again. That's it? Rockets and Dunder are going to make a run in the West. Celtics are going to make a run in the East. Cavaliers are going to crumble in the uh, crumble as uh, the playoffs come along as LeBron James is going to be looking to L.A. Don't be surprised if the Wizards make a surprise run to the Eastern Conference Finals. But in the end, it's going to be the Warriors winning it again. NBA is so boring. Okay, there we are. The NBA talks done. We only have super teams. Only a few teams can win this game. We don't care if this sport is boring. That we just have our big names playing. Soon LeBron will be in L.A. And we can bring back the Lakers and make you all sick again. This is a sport that's going down, going down in flames because of the super teams. The New York Knicks can't get anything right because they're run by a friggin' moron. That is an idiot that is going to throw out all the stars and fame. You know, you know what the Knicks thing is? You know, every year, the uh, Yankees have a whole time to say, when they bring back their great players, they all give them a warm welcome. They have, like, the old players. You have the, the real old players. They come out. They're about to die soon, like Whitey Ford. You're just happy to see him. Oh, look, Whitey Ford's still alive. Hey, Whitey, how's it going? You didn't have a coronary? I mean, they're coming. He has the EKG machine behind him. Well, the Knicks do it differently. The Knicks, they have a big star in the, the crowd. Oh, look, there goes John Starks. This year it's John Starks. And there John Starks. He's being dragged out by security. Last year it was Charles Oakley that got dragged out by security. This year it's going to be John Starks that gets dragged out by security. <laughs> you know what's funny is, and it didn't last too long, uh, Fox Sports 1 here put an ad on uh, New York City subways. Hopeless. And it was like, it was like the Knicks are hopeless. It was like, sit here if you're hopeless. And it's like had the Knicks logo on it. Sit here if you're hopeless. And it's like it's that. Keep in mind the Knicks have to pay Joaquin Nova three more years. Hopeless. <laughs> Sit here if you blame Charles Dolan. Sit here if you blame Mello. Sit here if you blame Joe Jackson. And they had to remove it from the train because of the backlash. But it's just like the, the Knicks ownership is like Charles Dolan is just like James Dolan. Charles it's James Dolan now. 
that runs him, but Charles Dolan was the original. It's just, just this guy has got like this. He's so his asshole's so tight. He squeaks when he walks. And, and the only way you you get Carrie favors if you like kiss his ass. And, and, then, and he could be sitting there saying, "I think the Knicks should give a, a eight million dollar a day contract to Jackie Noah." And the other people go, "I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea." And then you had Phil Jackson with his triangle. You know what the great thing is? Now that the Knicks, that Phil Jackson's out of work, he's going to go follow that guy in the Geico commercial. You know that guy with the triangle, the triangle solo? He's going to go uh, be a groupie for him in concert. He's going to follow him like uh, the Deadheads used to follow the Grateful Dead everywhere. Everywhere this guy's performing, he'll be there front row. I mean, the Knicks are such a joke. Uh, they have all this money. You, you, how can they can't form a super team? The, the Lakers, the, the Celtics were bad for one year. They had Danny Age, fleeces the Brooklyn Nets. You had the Lakers. They're already, they're already got the, uh, they, they got the checkbook. They already got the LeBron uniform hanging in the in the locker room so far. It, uh, how's that not tampering? Number one, LeBron's already got the house and he's looking looking for schools in L.A. I mean, come on, he's gonna be hanging out with Lonzo Ball and Lorenzo Ball. They did. They already got the, the right, he's gonna have the big ball in his shoes next year. It's gonna be Le, LeBron and Ball. It's, it's, you're gonna see. Paul George go down there with them. It's, it's like they're already got the purple and gold underwear on. It's just like this is why the NBA sucks. How much NBA do you watch during the season, Frank? Do you watch any or just kind of like whatever's on ESPN or something like that? I might find a little bit of a game here and there. I can't watch a full NBA game anymore. Yeah, it's that. It's, it, I have lost that much interest in the NBA. I, I, I've been trying to write this preview for five days now. I'm only up to four teams because I, because I hate the sport so much right now. Yeah, I'm. I love the NBA, but it it is hard when you know one or one of two teams is going to win, and most likely one team. So it's tough. It's like you're watching it for. I mean, I'm a Celtics fan, and I think the Celtics are going to be good this year. But we're, well, at we're, least your team has a pulse. Yeah, but we're not. We're probably not going to get by the Cavs, and we're definitely not going to get by the Warriors. So it's oh, still I think like, we're going to get by the Cavs this year. I don't worry about that. I think that's going to happen. You don't think? I think the I Cavs think the are Cavs, better than they were last year. You don't think that? No, I think the Cavaliers crumble. Oh, I don't know. I think they they just they they're loaded. They have like a they're way deeper than they were last year. And I don't think I. Dwayne Wade is Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is is basically uh, one uh, one dribble away from just like completely breaking down. And Derrick Rose is just. But if you if they don't have to play a ton of minutes, like you know maybe eighteen twenty minutes a game, like they could. Yeah, what's going to happen in May? <laughs> when uh, LeBron's already uh, he's already he's already hearing that song dan, dan, dan. I love that he's ready to, to do the music video he's ready to do the, uh, the, the reveal I'm taking my talents to Los Angeles I'm gonna be a star then hooray for LeBron James he's going up to Hollywood he's I mean you know he he he's gonna he, he I mean come on he doesn't want to win this year he wants to win next year in LA. He wants to. Uh, he wants to start shooting Space Jam two in June. Can the Thunder challenge the Warriors? No, no, no. No. Rockets maybe. Rockets maybe. You don't think the Thunder are better than the Rockets? I think they're like evenly matched, but I think the Rockets are slightly better. All right, we'll get to the. Well, I don't know, folks. That's probably about as good of an uh, NBA preview as you're going to get from from anywhere else. Uh, but in all seriousness, we'll touch on the NBA. 
as it um, if any like big stories you know are coming up um, throughout the season. But, but yeah, there's not a whole lot to say right now. Opening nights tomorrow. And, yeah, and um, I'll have my NBA preview up sometime this week. Yeah. If, uh, I, if I could get myself friggin' motivated to write the goddamn thing. <laughs> uh, you wanted to touch on the Devils, Frank? Yeah, well, hockey so far, you know, the problem with hockey is it takes 10 games to really know what's going on. But right mm-hmm. now, I'm just I'm just so excited that to see a good young team in the Devils. And that the first time they played the Rangers this year, they they, they out-physicaled them. They, they they ran up and down the ice on the uh, Rangers and won 3-2 at Madison Square Garden. We got Will Butcher, Nico Heifeshire, and this Jesper Bratt, who nobody even thought about. Is just a, a, such a pest. He's like a he reminds me of Essa Tikkanen. So it's 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 fun to have a nice, exciting team to watch for a change. All right, good. We'll we'll um, keep the Devils updates coming every week. Um, all right, Twitter questions. I got some locked and loaded. You ready, Frank? Yes. Um, all right, everyone. Continue. We <laughs> it's funny. At one point, we tweeted out today from the account like. We were worried that we, we weren't getting enough Twitter questions. And then all of a sudden, we just sent out one more tweet, and we got a bunch. So thank you to everyone who sent them. Keep sending them. Um, we won't get to them all, but we'll, we'll pick out the best ones. And if you keep sending them every week, we'll probably get to one of yours eventually. So this first one is from Big Mets Fan, at Big Mets Fan 1. Uh, what's your personal favorite sports experience that happened after the opening day moment that made you famous? Mm-hmm. Favorite personal sports moment? Maybe going on to Fox Sports uh, pregame show. With I mean, A-Rod. Yeah, there was nothing good about the baseball season this year, so there's nothing I could say was a favorite sports moment this year about that. Who else was on when A-Rod was, when you talked to A-Rod? Frank Thomas and Kevin Burkhart. Damn. And, and the crazy thing about Kevin Burkhart is this. We actually went to school together. He was oh, yeah. Enemy. I remember that from the clip. He was one grade ahead of me at uh, at uh, Bloomfield Middle School. Incredible. Do you have um, any, any other good uh, things you guys talked about off camera? You chat with A-Rod a little bit or Frank Thomas? Believe it or not, I talked to A-Rod a lot. And then I met A-Rod in the elevator one time at City Field. You know what we actually talked about with A-Rod? Steroids? Miami Dolphins football. Oh, yeah, he's a big Marino guy. And, that's why he wore 13, right? Yeah, and uh, Dan Marino. We talked about Dan Marino and the Dolphins. Wow, that's a cool thing to talk to A-Rod about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Damn. Um, all right, so kind of sticking with uh, that moment, uh, uh, Todd Bowles' season at Team Thirst Trap. Uh, what's worse, the end New Jersey Transit, condiments, or Jay Cutler? Dude, nothing's worse than New Jersey Transit. They're the absolute worst. <laughs> Give it to us. They're incompetent. <laughs> you know what I love? I love seeing like three or four buses come in a row, and it's the same bus. It's like, what well, you know? It's like it's like they're, they're delayed an hour, and then all of a sudden three of them come, and then and then when they they park, they 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 don't get to the side of the road. They don't park, pull up to the curb, so they're blocking traffic all behind you. Then they they do this this wide turn with the buses. So even the buses suck. Think they'll ever figure it out or no? No, it's just hideous. It's just. <laughs> You have an intelligence exam to uh, work for New Jersey Transit, and if you pass, you're disqualified from working there. Next question, Brian Palm at B Palm. Um, what's the best food at the various sporting events in the New York, New Jersey area? And then he adds in Shea Stadium sucked. 
Well, Shea Stadium was a dump, but it was our dump. <laughs> they didn't really have anything special in terms of food. It was, you get a hot dog, you get a hamburger. Maybe you find good chicken fingers. Uh, City Field's got plenty of uh, food options. They got Shake Shack. They got uh, Pat Lafita steaks. They got, like, all these, like, sushi, which I would never eat sushi. First off, I don't like fish. The only fish I like to eat comes in a yellow box with a fisherman on it. I'm originally selfish to begin with. But if if sushi, come on. If if, you, if I'm going to eat fish, you best well better damn cook. Uh, but people like sushi, so you have sushi. You have you have all these lounges. You have good uh, good hamburgers that they have at City Field. Good chicken fingers. Uh, you could get uh, so many food options. Uh, they have uh, pastrami in one section. Uh, the cheesesteak, as I mentioned before, they have a lot of specialty places. So all over City Field, there's good places to eat. It really is such a great place to eat. I've only been to Yankee Stadium a couple of times. They have a high-end steakhouse there, which, of course, I can't afford. I really can't comment that much on Yankee Stadium food because I've only been there once or twice. <laughs> and one of them was for a hockey game. The Meadowlands, your food sucks. MetLife Stadium sucks. It, you, that's why you have the tailgaters. Yeah, the tailgaters, they make their good food. They, although, you know what they have at uh, the MetLife Stadium? And uh, well, this year it didn't matter. I did, you couldn't go there this year. I went the, the, the jet dolphin game I went to this year was ninety seven degrees, so you wouldn't want this then. But last year I went in uh, December, and they have uh, the famous soup guy, which is basically the soup Nazi. <laughs> has his the real life soup Nazi has his own stand there. All right, next one we got eight from Abe Miranda at Pinky Brain. Uh, of the four MLB teams left, which one would you like to see win the World Series? Uh, maybe Houston. They've No one from Texas has ever won. Cubs got their championship last year. I hate mm-hmm. L.A. And, you know, I'm a Met fan, so. Uh, Jared Dissidor, at Dizzy Door. Uh, do you think the NL should adopt the DH spot? And I saw you tweeting about this earlier, so. I think the, the DH, NL should have the DH. The DH is in the same category as war. <laughs> It ruins baseball. The DH does? The yes. pitcher ruins it. No, nothing's more exciting than seeing a pitcher hit a home run or that's leg it. out a triple. That's it? A Madison Bumgarner homer is the most exciting play in sports? Yeah, I I, I, I just love a pitcher that could hit. Mm-hmm. And and it, 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 it brings strategy into the game. Bunting. Double switches. Double switches. You got you to gotta really think to manage in the National League. CC Sabathia, CC Sabathia is like, uh, is like uh, a guy bunting on him on the Astros. Now he's uh, trash talking the Astros as he walks <laughs> off the mound. <laughs> he hates when people bun on him. There's a thing with the Red Sox. <laughs> That'll do it for Twitter questions, just because of a time constraint. Uh, I guess the way we'll play it week by week will be the episodes where we have a little more time. We'll try to get some more of them. But there was lots to fit in tonight. And so, uh, you want to hit us with some trivia to close us out? Yep, let's do it. Justin Turner's game-winning home run came on the 29th anniversary of Kirk Gibson's walk-off homer. Everyone knows that, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. And that was in 88. In the Kirk Gibson game, who did the Dodgers play? What was the final score? And how did the opponent score their runs? A's 5-4. Mark McGuire grand slammed. A home run came off of uh, Dennis Eckersley. Incorrect hitter and pitcher. Mark McGuire hit a grand slam that game. 
and Dennis Eckersley gave up the home run to Kirk Gibson. I think it was a different hitter. Are you sure it wasn't Canseco? Um, look at the box score. I think it was McGuire who hit the grand slam. I did. I think it was Canseco. Yeah, it was Canseco. Ah. Hit a grand slam, though, off Tim Belcher. But you were right. Oh, you, I got had, you had everything else yeah. right. Even knowing just the score and that there was a grand slam. Yeah, pretty. that was amazing. The most home runs in a single postseason. There's three guys at the top of the list. Who are they? Eight. Okay, you got the number. Who are the three? Single postseason? Yes. Uh, Carlos Beltran. Uh, that's one. That's He's number three. B.J. Upton. Nope. What? Uh, A.J. Pujols. Nope. I mean, uh, Albert Pujols. Nope. Daniel Murphy? Nope. I can give you the years if you want them. No. Uh, yeah, I know Beltran. Wasn't Upton? I think Upton had seven. Da- uh, David Ortiz? Nope. All right, give us the years. Uh, first one is 2002. Second one's 2011. Oh, Bonds? Bonds is one. Who's two? 2011. 2011. It's not Albert Pujols? Nope. Freeze? Nope. Oh, Nelson Cruz. Got it. There you go. Before Dallas Keuchel and Justin Verlander, who were the last two teammates to strike out 10 or more batters in back-to-back postseason games? I can give you the gear if you want. That might be necessary. All right, it was a 2013 ALCS game two and three. Justin Verlander and uh, David Price. Uh, I got the first one right. Verlander Scherzer. Got it. There you go. Any good tidbits on that game, Frank? Or that what series? I remember about that game, uh, that series was the hilarity, hilarity of uh, John. Who was I? Don't remember the guy, the, the fielder for the Tigers, going over the. Uh, Story uh, Hunter, <laughs> but his legs are up in the air, and that Boston police officer's arms are in the air. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're like synchronized, synchronized swimming. Yeah, they, the bar still turned that into Viva. It was perfect. They sold a bunch of shirts doing that. <laughs> it's uh, Tory Hunter, Frank. All right, next question: Who are the top three teams with the longest postseason droughts? Top three teams in baseball? Yes. Uh, Seattle Mariners. That's one. Uh, let's see. Longest postseason droughts in baseball. The A's. Nope. No, no. Uh, San Diego Padres. Yeah, that's number three. So you're missing two. All these like small market teams have made it recently, like the Pirates, the Royals, Marlins. Got it. There you go. Damn. Uh, all right. Next question. Before Aaron Judge, who was the last Yankee rookie to homer in a postseason game? Robinson Cano. Nope. Both wrong. Last Yankee rookie. I feel like they haven't had a lot of like position player rookies in their 2000s. Melky Cabrera? Nope. Derek Jeter? Nope. Recently? Uh, no. Year? 03. Oh, Matsui. There you go. Got it. You know, how do people <laughs> consider these Japanese guys rookies when they've played so many years in Japanese baseball? Yeah, yeah. It's controversial. I've never considered the Japanese guys rookies. Well, how many years did he play in the league before he came to the U.S.? A lot. Five or six? Oh, wow. Okay. So he was like yeah, was 24 like each, or each, something. Ichiro was like a borderline Japanese Hall of Famer, and then he came to the States. All these guys play like multiple years. Some of them, it's like, it's like they actually, minimum have to play like six, seven, eight years to come to America. 
Matsui, he wasn't uh, no, he wasn't a rookie. He was like thirty something years old. He he played a long time in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that baseball, that level, that Japanese level baseball is not it's not anything to sneeze at. It's it's it's, it's a high level league. Oh yeah, it's like above AAA. Yes, it's just they don't have the talent to match our talent. So yeah. it's it, it's it's definitely, but it's a it's a good league. It's 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 no minor league. Mariano Rivera is first with 42 career postseason saves. Who's second? Jonathan Papelbon. Eh. Second in postseason saves. Trevor Hoffman? Nope. Fuck, that's a good one. The long jump between Mo and this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Billy Wagner? Nope. No, Wagner couldn't save anyone, anything. I'm trying to think of teams that have been in the playoffs a lot. They had a guy that closed a lot of games. And I'm just drawing a blank. 2002 to 2012, he played. K-Rod. No. Oh, that was a great fucking guess, though. <laughs> Won the World Series. Brad Lidge? Yeah, there you go. Jesus. <laughs> he had 18, so it was a... <laughs> I guess he just had a bunch with Houston and then with Philly for that year. All right, next question. All-time most career playoff home runs. Ortiz? Nope. At one time, it was Mickey Mantle. Who has the most World Series of home runs. Yeah, I feel like the current guys get an edge because they play more games. All-time postseason homers. The Yankees all those years, they didn't have, like, Bernie Williams? Nope. Albert Pujols? Nope. Beltran? Nope. Tells you how meaningless his stat is now. <laughs> yes, you still remember Mickey Mantle had 18 World Series home runs. What is this story? You were close with Ortiz. Now you'll get it. Manny? Yep. Got it. Fuck, I was going to say him. I think, he, uh, I think it was 36. Was... Last question. Who was the last pitcher before Wade Davis to record a, uh, a save of seven outs or more in a winner-take-all postseason game? Specifically, a winner-take-all game? Yep. Bumgarner. Got it. Nailed it. Wow. Nailed it. When was it, Frank? Game 7, uh, 2014 World Series. There you go. Yep. Incredible. I don't know who won. doesn't matter. Great questions, though. Great answers. <laughs> you <just compliment> yourself <laughs> for great questions. I did. Um, all right, Frank, you want to preview um, anything you have coming up this week for On This Date, or are you going to be grinding uh, NBA preview? Uh, well, I'm going to be writing my NBA preview. That's going to be out eventually. <laughs> By the time the Warriors have won their fifth straight title, you'll have it out. <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, we got a Monday night shootout. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. What's that one for? Reggie Jackson? Yep. The Suds series, remembering the Suds series. Suds? 1972 World Series. The Suds series. That's what they called it. Why? Because the two teams involved were the St. Louis Cardinals owned by Anheuser-Busch and uh, the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers, who were the, the Brewers, the Bud team. So it was like Miller against Miller against uh, uh, Budweiser was the World Series that year. It was like Brewers, Is that 82? Cardinals. What? 82? 82. And they uh, called it the Suds Series. Because they, both teams had like uh, were like heavily sponsored by beer companies. 
And those um, are just some of the honest dates I'll be doing this week. All right, awesome. Yeah, so we're, we're running over an hour here. So uh, we'll wrap up. Um, that'll do it for Allow Me to Be Frank, episode four. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you want to help support Frank, uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and we're on Twitter at Frank the Tank Pod. Frank, buddy, we'll talk to you next week. All right, see you next week. See you then, bud. See ya. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn.